We're excited that you're here. We're beginning a, a brand new series this week. And, and let me just tell you this, I am jacked to be back. Like it's been a couple of weeks since I've talked. And so I, I've got a lot of pent up information just, just there. And so, so if I'm a little spazzy today, just, just disregard it, just go, he's excited, okay? Uh, but I, I'm excited because we're starting a brand new series on the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I think that this is a super important topic for us to talk about. And because I have people coming to me all the time going, hey, what, why do you guys do 21 days of prayer and fasting in the year? Why do you guys do, do 21 days of prayer later on in the year? Why do, you, why do you have early morning prayer every Wednesday morning? Like, what is this thing about prayer and you guys? And it's all about the fact that, man, I seek God because I desperately need God. And, and, and I want to create a church culture where individually, man, we are seeking God desperately because we desperately need God in our lives. Like we can't operate. We can't go through it. If God is not present, if God is not leading, if God is not guiding, if God is not speaking, like I don't want to go where God's not going. And I think that, that that should be cultivated in our lives every single day. And there's a, there's a passage of scripture. It's not in your notes. I, I, I just, I'm just kind of ad-libbing here. It's out of Zechariah chapter four, verse six. It says, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I want God's spirit to be where I don't want it to be about my might or my power, but I want it to be about the presence and the power of God working inside of me. And I need the Holy Spirit if I'm going to make it through this life. Like there is a dependence that is here. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you realize how dependent your pastor is on the presence of God. Yeah. I have people walk in here all the time and they go, man, there's just something about this place. There's just something about what's going on here. And, and the, you think it's the coffee and you think it's the friendly people. No, no, no. The thing that gets you here isn't, isn't the worship. It's not the message. It is the very presence of God. Yeah. It's why some of you come in here and you cry and you're like, I don't know why I cry every time. It's the presence of God. Yeah. And you're just a baby. No, I'm just kidding. I just... It's the presence of God that's doing something inside of you. The problem is, is the Holy Spirit has gotten a bad rap. And there's so much misinformation out there on who the Holy Spirit is. In fact, the question that Shayla and I have gotten more in the last three or four months is, is I understand God, I understand Jesus, but this Holy Spirit thing I don't really get that. And so rather than leaving you in the dark, in fact, I had a gentleman after the first service today, he walked up to me, he's, he's 80 something years old. And he said, that is, this is the first time I've ever heard in church, I've been in church all my life, a pastor teach on the Holy Spirit. Which means that a lot of us, we're ignoring a portion of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want just... God the Father and God the Son. I want all of God that I can get. And I don't know about you, but I need all of God I can get. Like, there is a need there. And so there are a lot of different opinions on the Holy Spirit, but what we'll find out throughout this series over the next couple of weeks is how important he is to your lives. And unfortunately, most of us are terribly uninformed about the Holy Spirit because the reality is, is most of our opinions about God have come from other people's opinions. 
Like most of our theology isn't our theology. It's somebody else's theology that we're regurgitating. Like most of us, our, our opinion on the Holy Spirit is based on what we've experienced in life or what we've been told, not actually what, what, what God's word says. Which I think is an interesting dynamic that, that we'll take man's word instead of God's word. And we would actually search it out for ourselves and know what it says. And listen, you're, you're not the first group of people that has done this. There's a lot of people that have gone through their life and, and never really known, never really discovered, never really searched. In fact, it, it started back in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 19, it says this in verse one, while Paulus was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Like, they're like, I, I, I don't even know what that, that is. I don't, I don't know where that, that idea comes from. And, and, and a lot of us, we, we've heard the term, oh, the Holy Spirit will be with you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. And we have no idea what we're, we're, we're agreeing, but we have no idea what that actually means. Right. And it's not that we're dumb or we're stupid. We're just ignorant because we don't have the information. And so what I wanna do for us is, and what I'm gonna ask of you is that, what if for the next three weeks you just throw out all of your preconceived biases on what you think and who you think the Holy Spirit is? Because whether you like it or not, you have biases and I have biases. Like I lean a certain way naturally, that's called a bias. Whether I recognize it or not. And, and what if, you just act like, I don't know anything, and I'm just gonna take a fresh page approach to who the third person of the Trinity is, and almost took it like, if I was reading the Bible for the first time, what would God say to me? And here's what I believe the conclusion will be when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit. He's neither unbiblical or outdated. I think what you'll, what you'll discover is that there will be a deep dependence and desire in your life to actually know him. And so what I wanna do today is, is I just wanna introduce you to him. I want you to get a formal introduction to the Holy Spirit and I want you to understand his purpose in your life and I want you to help you understand who he is, and so I'm just gonna roll through some things today, and I'm gonna be a little bit of a teacher today, if that's okay, it's not really my, my style, but I'm, I think it's important. And so, so I'm just gonna give you some things today. If you're taking notes, which you should be, because the pencil has a greater memory than your mind does. Here's the first thing, he is a him. There's, there's a popular terminology right now, I think Deion Sanders made it, he said, he's him. He's him. Like, what does that mean? It means like he's the man. He's for real. Like, but the Holy Spirit, he is a 
him. He is not an it. I hear so many people referring to the Holy Spirit as an it. Nowhere in scripture is an it. The Bible refers to it, the Holy Spirit never as an it, but always as a him. And this is so important for us today because the reason he is referred to as a him is because if you refer to the Holy Spirit as an it, you can never have a personal relationship with a thing. But you can have a personal relationship with a person. And our God is not an impersonal God. He's actually a very personal God. See, rules create religion. Man created religion where it's do this and do that and do this and do that. But God was never about religion. He's always been about relationship from the very beginning. Genesis, you start looking at Genesis chapter one and two and three. What happened? God was walking with the man in the cool of the day, talking with him. Why? Because he's a relational God. Then you look at him with the children of Israel. He says, I will be your God. God and you will be my people. What's he saying? He's saying, man, I am a personal God and I want to know you and I want to know you intimately. And so what he's trying to explain to us is if, man, there is a portion of God, the third person called the Holy Spirit. And he's going, man, I want to have a personal relationship with you. Look at what Jesus says in John 14, verse 17. He says, the spirit of truth, referring to the Holy Spirit, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. So you don't get it, you get him. The person of God living and dwelling inside of you. It's a big deal. Some of you are like, I didn't even know I had God with me. It's because you've never acknowledged him. But here's what you need to know. Not only is he a him, he is not weird. It's important. The Holy Spirit has never been weird. People are weird. Come on, can we all agree? People are weird. God, people acting, they say on Holy Spirit's behalf, have acted weird. Come on, we've all watched 80s and 90s Christian television. We've all seen the Benny Hinn bodies hit the floor videos. And you go, that's weird. It's because that's not the Holy Spirit. That's people acting weird, calling it the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I read this this week. That it says, statistically speaking, one out of every three people are weird. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look to your left. And I want you to look to your right. And if they don't look weird... <laughs> process of elimination... Because not only are people weird, but people do weird things, don't they? I, I, I see people do weird things. I do weird things. Anybody else with me? Like you, you think, man, I wonder if my breath is funky. And so what you do is you, and you just cover your mouth and kind of check it. Come on, it's a breath check. It's the fake breath check. Oh, that's stank. You know, it's like, it's coffee breath. I better go get a mince. 
Like pe- people do weird things. Like people, people, you smell something funky and you're like, the natural reaction is you're like, because what are you doing? You're checking to see if it's your pits. You're laughing because you know you do it. Or you don't do that, you do the Molly Shannon and you're, oh, it's so gross. But it's true. I read this week, you know what's weird? 78% of people Google themselves. Listen, if you don't know you, Google ain't gonna tell you nothing new. It's weird, stop it. I, I read this. I read this really, really weird one that like sixty-two uh, percent of people shave their toes. That's weird. I, I'm one of those people. I shave my toes. I, I just don't like hairy feet. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't like it. So I shave them. I shaved them this morning. TMI. Like, like I'm weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Like, he's my friend. And what I'm tired of is people talking about him the way they talk about him because people did weird things and called it the Holy Spirit. And I think the greatest lie that Satan has given to us is given us a bad rap on the Holy Spirit because what it's done is it's made believers scared of who he is. You know who's scared of the Holy Spirit? Satan is. You wanna know why? Because he knows what happened the last time a church really figured out who the Holy Spirit was. Acts chapter two, Acts chapter three. What happened when the Holy Spirit came and people lived and dwelled and were led by him? Thousands got saved. People got healed. Like dead people rose. Miracles took place. Like the enemy wants nothing more than for us to walk outside of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. Satan's scared of that. And I know some of you guys are like, yeah, but TJ, that's weird. I just need Jesus. all All I need is Jesus. Well, Jesus said that you don't just need Jesus and said, in fact, he told us it would be better if we actually got the Holy Spirit. This is what he said in John chapter 16. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Like a lot of us think, well, if I just had Jesus here, everything would be good. No, no, no. He said, it's, your, it's good for him to go away because unless I go away, the counselor, who's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus has actually sent us someone who, who can operate and help us in life, the Holy Spirit. And he said, what we have today is better than him actually being with us. Because here's what we need to know about the Holy Spirit. He is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. Like, and, and, and a lot of us, we, we understand portions. That we're like, God the Father, I get that because I can understand a father. Like Jesus the Son, I get that because I can, I can see a father and son. But I struggle with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you can't see that. And because you can't see the Holy Spirit, you go, I don't really know if I trust that. Here's the problem with that. You can't see the wind, but you can feel and experience the wind. 
The same thing is true with the Holy Spirit. While you might not be able to see him, you can feel him and experience him all the days of your life. That's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. He's part of the triune Godhead. In fact, Jesus said it in John chapter 14, verse 16. He said, and I, there's Jesus, will pray to the Father, there's the Father, and he will give you another helper. It's the Holy Spirit all in one verse. Here they are again at the end of Jesus' life, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why are they all put together? Because they're part of the triune being. The Holy Spirit is God. In fact, you can look in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. It says, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And then at the end of verse 4, it says, you have not lied to men, but to God. So if you lie to the Holy Spirit, then you're lying to God. It means they're one in the same. Now, what's interesting to me is, is as a pastor, I always have people coming up to me and going, so TJ, are, are, is your church one of those, those holy roller churches? Are you, are, you, are you those tongue-talking, weird people like snakes? I, I'm like, oh, I don't think we had a snake yet. Don't plan on having one either, but you never know. I mean, somebody, somebody's weird. Uh, they bring snakes. And I always think it's interesting because they're like, watch out for, for those people. Those spirit people. And what they're in essence saying is, is watch out for those God people. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to watch out for God. I want God people in my life. I prefer them not to be weird. But I'm looking for people that love God and want more of God in my life. Because here's what I've learned about the Holy Spirit. For me, he's my best friend. And the goal of this series honestly, is that he'd become your best friend. That you would know him in a personal and intimate way because God relates to us differently based on his roles. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. It starts with Jesus. It starts with the amazing grace that that. Jesus gives us for salvation. Then it goes to the extravagant love of the Father. For God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave. It's an extravagant love. And then he says, you know what else? Here, so, so we can experience grace and we can experience love. And then what the Holy Spirit does is he is an intimate friend who sticks closer than a brother. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to learn how to develop a real and personal relationship with him, a friendship with him. And when I was 19 years old and I gave my life to Christ, my, my parents were gracious enough to, uh, as I was going to school, gave me a credit card that I could buy books with and I would spend a crap ton of money on books. Like I, I became a voracious reader. I wanted, to, I wanted to know everything about, I wanted to not only have know about God, but I wanted to go from here to here. Unfortunately, in the church, there's a lot of us that know about God, but the, the, it never translates from up here to right here where it causes transformation. 
And, and I was so hungry for the things of God. I was like, God, I want, I want everything I can get of you. That I, I started buying books on the Holy Spirit because I was just like you. I, I didn't have a comprehension. I didn't have an understanding. I didn't, I didn't want to be weird. I wanted to be normal. I wanted to be empowered by the Spirit and the presence of God. And so I, I remember I bought two books that changed my entire life when it came to the Holy Spirit. One of them was by A.W. Tozer, and it was, he's a great theologian and pastor, and it changed my life. Talking about who the Holy Spirit was and how he wanted to impact your life. And the second was a book by a, a, a super charismatic guy named Benny Hinn, and it was called Good Morning Holy Spirit. And it taught me that I could have an intimate and personal relationship, that every day I could walk up and I wake up and I could, I could have this relationship with God that was right there with me in life. And it changed everything for me. And my hope is that over the next couple of weeks, it will change everything for you. And so what I want to do is, is, is I didn't just want to tell you about him. I want to tell you some of the benefits of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. And we're going to read some verses out of, out of John chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. And, and if you don't know what's happening there, it's the end of Jesus' life. It's right before he's about to go to the cross. It's actually in the upper room. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. He's showing them the way of leadership and through servanthood. He's setting the stage. And then chapter 14, 15, and 16, he's basically telling them, I'm going to go die, but don't worry, I'm going to die. I'm going to send someone better to you. And he's trying to inform them that the Holy Spirit is going to be sent to them and they're struggling to get it. And, and so he begins to tell them about the Holy Spirit. He says, when I go, he's going to come and here is what he's going to do for you. And here's what I believe he's going to do for you and what I know he's done for me. Five benefits to the Holy Spirit. The first one is this, he will be with me. He's gonna be with you. John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The word counselor in the Greek is the, the word parakletos, and it means one called alongside to help. In other words, in, in literature, it'd be like if you're picking up a log on one end, there would be somebody else that would come alongside of you and pick up the other end. And what God has done is he's given us the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to help us pick up the things of life so that we can actually carry them because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And God actually wants to move and work in your life. He actually wants to come alongside of you. That's the idea of the word para. He wants to come alongside of you. That's where we get our word parachute. It comes alongside of you and saves your life. It's where we get our word paragraph. It's sentences coming alongside of each other. He says, man, I want to come alongside of you and I want to help you. There are so many different words to describe the Holy Spirit from counselor to intercessor to helper to advocate to friend. In a lot of places, that word, that word uh, counselor is actually translated as comforter. And I don't know about you, but in a lot of life, I could use some comfort. And when I say comfort, I don't mean just sit back, relax, and chilling, but I'm talking about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Now, when I think about a comforter, I automatically think about my childhood because uh, my mom was an interior decorator, uh, and very, very interesting lady. But, but there were things in our home that, that were there that were for guest use, but not for people that actually lived in the home's use. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you ever go into the bathroom and there's towels that are in the bathroom and, and you will go to use those towels and your mom will slap you in the hand. Those towels are not for your use. 
but they're for guests. Like I remember going and taking a shower and, and, and getting out and I was, I was wet and naked and I didn't have a towel and I saw this towel, you know, the one that's got the embroidered stuff on it. And I took that and I used it and she came in and she got mad at me. She's like, what are you doing? That's not the towel for your use. And I'm like, but I'm wet and cold and I needed a towel and it was there. She's like, that isn't what it's for. And so, so one of the things she loved to do is she loved to put these big fluffy comforters on beds. The problem was, is when you went to go to bed, you're supposed to take off all the pillows and the comforter and then go sleep there. And then you're freezing all night because you don't have a comforter. Come on, has anybody else grow up in a house like this? Today, we don't do that, but we're, we're, we've gotten, we've gotten, we're better stewards today. That's what I like to think. It's like, there's a towel, use it. But back in the day, that's not how it was. But when I thought about that, I thought about many believers are doing the same thing. They have thing, they, the Holy Spirit there. It is not for use, it's just for looks. We acknowledge him, but we don't actually utilize him. And there's some of us here today, what we need is we need some comfort. You need someone that will be with you. That's who the Holy Spirit is, and that's who he's called to be in your life. Here's the second thing. He will reveal the Bible to me. Because the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. He directed every single one of the 40 plus authors to write every single book. And he knows how to take every single verse out of this book and bring it to life to you. In fact, he wants to bring it to life to you. He'll reveal truth in this scripture like you've never seen before. You know what's interesting to me? is many of us don't know much about God because we never read God's word. And what blows my mind is if you're interested in a car, you'll go online for hours and research everything you can about it. And then not purchase that car. <laughs> but you will trust God for eternity and never open the book that he wrote to you. What's up with that? Do you know, so many people come in and they're like, I need a word from God. Have you read the word of God? See how many pages are in here. He's got 1,097 pages of words that he already wrote to you. In my version. But not only that, when you start to read this, here's what the Holy Spirit's gonna do. He's gonna bring revelation to your life. It isn't just gonna be words on a page. It's gonna be revelation to your soul. And the answer that you've been longing for and searching for, he'll bring it to your heart. That's why we encourage you every day. Don't just let this be an ornament on the coffee table. Let it be a book that every single day transforms your life. Like watch how it will transform you when you get into it on a daily basis and not only read the word, but allow the word to read you. 
Because it'll start to like, it'll kick you in the gut every once in a while. It'll punch you in the throat. But you'll be like, ooh, that felt so good. John chapter 14, it says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, here's what he's going to do. He's going to teach you all things, and he will remind you of every single thing that I've said. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to teach you the very nature of God. He's going to remind you of everything that Jesus said. I, 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 I find this happens so many times. I'll be in conversation with people, and, and all of a sudden, all these scriptures will start coming to my mind. I'm like, where did that come from? I don't even know where it's found in the Bible. I just know it, and the reason I know is because the Holy Spirit, what he's doing is he's, he's teaching me, and he's reminding me of the things that I've consumed. He's revealing himself. It didn't come from me. It came from him. Here's the third thing he'll do. He'll help me share Jesus with others because at the heart and the purpose of the holy spirit is people coming to christ this is the heart of god you know people people have made the holy spirit about the gifts of the spirit about what are the things that i can have in my life and particularly one gift and it's the most confusing of them all the gift of tongues they've made oh that's the big deal no 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 that's not the big deal it it is a gift and we'll talk about those things in week three of this but the first thing that happened when the holy spirit came is thousands of people got saved it's the first thing that happened. Transformation of people's hearts and souls took place. He wants to fill us so we can fulfill the mission that he has for us to go reach every man, woman, and child with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15, verse 26. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, here's what he's gonna do. He will testify about me. The Holy Spirit's job is he's going to give us the words to speak. He's going to give us the testimony of our lips to reach other people. That's what he wants to do. That's why Jesus, at the end of his life, he said, go into all the world and be my witnesses. In Acts chapter 1, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The problem is, is the church has got focused on so many minor things and made them major things. It happens to me all the time. Pastor Dieter, we need to talk more about politics in church. We need, we need to tell, you need to tell us who we should be voting for and why. No, I don't. That's not the mission that God put me on. The mission that God put me on is to save souls. Listen, it's God who appoints kings. It's him who puts rulers. I'm going to play my part, but that's up to him. I don't control that. What I can control is the salvation of people. I'm going to stay on mission. You need to talk more about abortion. Listen, I hate abortion, but it's a minor thing. I need to talk about the salvation of people's souls because if I change their soul, they'll stop having abortions. Why are we trying to do things through the legal system instead of God's system? If we'll stay on mission, we'll see us focused on Jesus and we'll realize it's about reaching every man, woman, and child with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number four, he'll convict me of sin. I love this one and I hate this one at the same time. Because can I be honest, I love to be right. Is anybody else with me? I like, do you like being right? Come on. So many liars in this church. There's like 13 hands that went up. 
There should be some conviction right now. Sin. Just saying. Just helping some people out. Because what he does is he reveals our true condition, right? Because the reason I don't like to be wrong is because I have pride. You know what pride is? It's sin. He's constantly trying to help me to see it. Because here's what I know about my pride. When I'm being proud, most of the time I don't see it. I call it confidence. My wife informs me that it's pride. (laughs) What do we need? We need someone who can reveal that to us because we all have blind spots. John chapter 16, verse 8, Jesus said, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt. Listen, you don't have to guilt people. That's that's the Holy Spirit's job. In regard to sin and righteousness, and judgment. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to point that spotlight on things in our life that are hiding in the dark corners. And here's what I love about light. I, I wake up really early. I wake up about 3.30 in the morning, every morning. And, and when I go into our kitchen, uh, and I hate saying this, but we live in Florida, so it's inevitable. I'll flip on that light, and periodically, there'll be a roach. And what does it do? It scatters, right? Yeah. Why? Because when the light comes, sin runs. What the Holy Spirit's job is, he's to shine the light in our life so we can eradicate the things that are not of God inside of us. Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. What I love about the Holy Spirit is number five, he will guide you through life. So what he wants to be, he wants to be a guide to lead and direct us. So many times I want to do something and I want to do lots of things. My wife will tell you I'm, a, I'm like, let's go, let's go charge this hill all the time. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And a lot of times I'll start to move in directions. And I'll just hear this voice going, that's going to be a bad move. And I used to think it was my conscience. In fact, many of you, when you, when you hear that voice inside of you, you think it's your conscience. No, no, that's not your conscience. That's the Holy Spirit. problem for many of us is, is because we ignore that voice it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer whereas if you would start to adhere that voice it would get louder and louder and louder because he wants to be a witness to you should I go to the left or should I go to the right and here's what I've learned so many people come to Shayla and I, and they're like, hey, I've, I've got this major decision. What should I do? And I always, I always tell them this, this, one, this one thing. We learned it a long time ago. Do you have peace? Be like, what are you talking about? I'm freaked out. Yeah, you can be freaked out and still have peace. You can be scared and still have peace. 
Because where there is no peace, there is no God. Where there is no peace, there is no leading of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Because here's what he's gonna do. He's not gonna speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. See, church, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. But the only way he can do that is if you actually know him. Not just know about him, but know him. And my hope for you over this next couple of weeks and over the rest of your life is that you'll make a decision to go, you know what, I'm not just going to have a relationship with God the Father and Jesus the Son, but I want to have the helper, the Holy Spirit, moving and operating and leading and guiding me in my life. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we're so thankful for the gift of your Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, our comforter, our peace. But here's what I know. It's, it's really have a, hard to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit if you don't have a relationship with the Father and the Son. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, TJ, that, that's awesome, but, but I've just known rules and I've known religion, but I've never had a relationship with the creator of the universe. And I wanna let you know that you're not here by accident. You're not here by happenstance. You're here on purpose. I believe that the Holy Spirit actually led you to this moment where you could experience the extravagant love of the Father that he so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that none of us should perish, but we could all experience eternal life, and that today you would experience the amazing grace, the forgiveness of your sins in your past, so you can have a relationship with our heavenly Father, who then gifts you the incredible gift of his Holy Spirit to lead and guide you all the days of your life. Maybe you're here and you've never made that decision or you made it a long time ago and you've, you've gone away and you say, you know what, Pastor TJ, I, I need that today. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? I see you right there. Yes, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Who else? Up in the, up in the, the I call them the cheap seats. I see you up there. Nine, 10, 11. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am, I see you right there. Thank you. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it aloud, say, Jesus, thank you for being the greatest gift that I could ever receive. Thank you for coming and living a perfect life on this earth and dying a sinner's death on the cross, rising three days later to defeat death, hell, and the grave. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and take over my life. Forgive me of my past. Change my present and secure my future. Thank you for loving me. And Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. 
lead, guide, and direct me all the days of my life. I love you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.